0: Hello and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I am your host, Sarah Berton, a chronically ill business mentor for business owners with chronic illnesses. I balance running multiple businesses, living with several chronic illnesses and raising my family. In this podcast, I tackle the complexities, everyday challenges and solutions of working with a chronic illness. I hope you enjoy and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Louisa van Bessem, who is a business strategist, mentor and community founder. Welcome to the podcast, Louisa. How are you today?
1: Thanks so much for inviting me, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here and apologies in advance if I sound like I'm full of a cold, because I am. But apart from that, I'm all good.
0: Thank you so much for coming to join us, despite being full of cold it's not it's not a nice uh feeling is it when you when you're all bunged up but I do appreciate you being here today <laughs>
1: No, thank you
0: and I would love to get to know you um would you mind telling us all about who you are and what you do
1: okay so I am someone who is only parenting to an autistic child I am a late diagnosed autistic individual as well and I have Numerous health conditions. I feel like sometimes I'm collecting them because there always seems to be yet another one or another investigation going on. Uh, so, when I'm not juggling all that, as you already mentioned, um, I'm self employed. Um, I'm a strategist, mentor, community founder. There are lots of different elements to my business. Um, and I'm also in the pro- process of launching an Etsy store as well.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Etsy store sounds exciting. What sort of thing are you going to be offering on there?
1: Uh, I'm in the midst of um, adding digital products. So products that can help those that are new or diverse, whether those be children or adults, um, and basically to help people make their lives a little bit easier.
0: Amazing. Everyone everyone needs something like that in their lives, don't they? Absolutely. (laughs) And you uh, mentioned that you have some uh, chronic health conditions um, would you mind just telling us a little bit about those, if you're happy to to discuss them?
1: Of course. Um, so if I go way back to my childhood, um, when I was, I think, seven years old, I was pretty much off school for what felt like most of the year, because I'd go in, I'd get sent home sick because I'd be hallucinating, high temperature, vomiting. Um, and after quite some time um, of going back and forth and being off school, my doctor retired. So this was in the middle of the 80s. um, And a new doctor came in and decided to do some different tests. Um, And I was referred to the paediatrician who realized that I've got kidney disease. So I have one kidney that works 30% and one kidney that works 70%. Um, It seems that I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but I'm now prone to kidney stones. Um, So last year, uh, no, this year, sorry, I had them blasted. Unfortunately, if I get them on my left side, I have to put up with the pain because my kidney is so badly damaged that they can't do anything about it because it would only make it worse. So the only way to resolve it would be to remove my kidney, but the pain's not that bad to warrant losing a kidney. So that's one thing. Um, When I was 16, I had a severe case of glandular fever. Um, I was off school, I was in the sixth form and I was off school pretty much from the September through to the February and it was really strange so it was, I'd started to learn to drive, maybe I was 17 actually, i started to learn to drive when I was 17 and I uh, went back to have lessons again after I'd kind of felt much better from glandular fever and it was like my brain couldn't remember what to do, it was very surreal um glandular fever made me absolutely exhausted as it does most people uh, and that continued like i say from the september through to the february um i never quite got my energy levels back to what i consider normal uh, for a normal person um i always always struggled i went to university and i was really tired all the time and i went to see the doctor and I was told, you're a student, that's why right. you're tired, you're too busy going out. And okay, <laughs> I did go out, but also there were times when I didn't go out and I'd need to have a nap and I was really, really struggling um, with my energy levels. So once I graduated from uni and I moved um, somewhere to a different location, um, I registered with a new doctor, they did some tests and found out that I had endoactive thyroid, um, was put on to... Phyroxine back in 2001, I've been on it ever since. That still never gave me lots of energy. Um, I still really, really struggled for my energy levels. Um, In 2003, 2004, my energy levels were better, and it's because I went traveling. So I was enjoying the sunshine around the world. Um, Although I worked briefly for a few months in Australia, I didn't have those same levels of demands on me, and my energy levels definitely improved. Um, Once I returned to the UK, I went back and forth to the doctors because I was really struggling, I was working and just, you know, normal life, nothing extraordinary. So I kept having these tests done, was like tested to see if I've got some sort of bug that I'd picked up from travelling, nothing. And then eventually they found out that I had a vitamin B12 deficiency. Um, And that's why I would kind of really go through these cycles where Although I never had my energy levels at a certain point, um, it would get to a certain stage and then it would dip again. So I started having those. Still, energy levels, still not quite right. Um, Eventually, I had been made redundant from a company and I was referred to a different company. Uh, So I started a job in a different company and I received private medical insurance. So I decided to use that. And I found out I had got Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. And it was a combination of the trigger was the glandular fever, but also to do with my personality traits as well. Um, And I received CBT. So I started to learn about how to manage that. Fast forward and I'm now in my 40s and I'm perimenopausal. So just to add something else to it all. So there's a lot going on there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's amazing how it's so important to sometimes see different medical professionals. From your story, it sounds like each time you change to a new medical professionals when you got your next diagnosis. Yeah. Um. So it's a, it can be really really tricky, can't it? Uh, managing that medical experience and that journey in order to get the right answers. And I, I'm very similar to you in that I have very energy limiting um health issues and even now I'm still getting diagnoses. I got another one last week, um, and it's just trying to build up that whole picture of exactly what's going on, so you can start to manage it, how, how did you find the um, CBT with the chronic fatigue syndrome, was that useful, or? Do you know what, not... it was?
1: <laughs> it, it was Brilliant. really useful, and I don't know if this is just because of, like at the time it felt like because of what my personality was like, now I don't know if it's because of my autistic traits of wanting to understand what's going on with my body so it's almost like when I understand the trigger then I know I'm not going crazy for a start which I think can often happen when you're repeatedly told no those tests are fine no that's fine no nothing's showing up you know the amount of times I've heard I'm a medical intrigue is just unbelievable which is basically an answer to saying we don't know what's wrong with you but we're just going to send you away and tell you that. Um, so the CBT was really interesting because it kind of took me on, I think it was like a six week, um, session, um, and it went through lots of different things. Um, but the key thing that was really important for me was a, understanding the triggers. So I made major life changes. Um, and then also the way it was um, put to me was that my, if you think of, and I know these days most days, um, people refer to things as Spoonie community and Spoonies. For me, what I was told was think of my energy levels as a rechargeable battery. So for most people, they're at 100%, 95 90%. For me, my energy levels were more like 40% on a good day. So on a bad day, it would be more like 10%, 15%. You know, I could still get up, I could still go to work, but I was struggling massively. Um, and I had to really look at kind of like and think about how I did things in my life um, because they had me complete a diary to say like how I felt after doing certain tasks and they got me thinking about okay if I have a conversation with somebody is that going to drain my energy what kind of fills my energy up and the importance of rest and how basically I manage things on a day-to-day basis so for me going through the exercise to look at were what kind of drained my energy levels and also what kind of boosted my energy levels that's kind of made a massive difference and I would often say actually afterwards that I felt that the CBT I did would be useful for so many people whether you've got an illness or not because it just makes you really look at your life in a different way um, and consider okay what's helping your health and well-being and what's triggering
0: it Absolutely. And I think that's that is such an important exercise to do. It's something I, I encourage everyone to do, really, because if you don't understand those triggers, then it's very difficult to make the adjustments. And especially with things like energy levels. It's so it's amazing what can drain you and what can boost you. It's often not the obvious thing. So paying really close attention to that can make a huge difference to how you approach day to day life and, and how it affects you and your health.
1: and I think the thing that used to frustrate me was that um I'd say I'm tired and people go oh me too me too and the difference would be someone would feel tired maybe because they've had a busy weekend the way that my life looked was that if I did anything it would take me a week to recover um my body would be achy my bones were just like I need to click them all the time uh, because it's almost like they stiffen up um, you know, so yes, it was the energy, but it was just the drain on my body as well and the brain fog as well and kind of like everything that goes with it. And it's just really frustrating, especially because chronic fatigue, it used to be known as ME. And so it's got a really bad reputation because people also knew it as Yuppie Flu um, back in the 90s. So because of that, like even years later, I know when I saw professionals, they would go, told you you've got chronic fatigue syndrome. And they didn't believe me. And I'm like, a specialist, (laughs) you know, and it's just crazy that you have to say, look, I'm not making this up just because I'm not bed bound. At the time, I was really struggling. You know, I would, uh, the consultant recommended that I take regular rest breaks. So my work were really good with me. And they let me go to like the sick bay room um, and just go there for like 20 minutes in the morning, in the afternoon, just to make sure I was looking after myself.
0: Well, oh, that's amazing that they did that. Yeah. Um I but I think I think you're right. I think possibly the terminology doesn't help. The word fatigue. Doesn't sound it's not all encompassing as chronic fatigue syndrome is, is it by any right. means? And even the word tired just doesn't sum it up at all. It'd be great if though if we could create a new vocabulary to help to explain to people what it's like to live with a condition because even the word exhausted doesn't really compare to somebody else's exhausted. So uh maybe that's our, our new job to come up with a new list of vocabulary <laughs> to explain exactly how we're feeling. Um, but like you, I I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. Um and later diagnosed with pots syndrome and the reaction from from me telling people which condition i had was incredibly different when i explained that i had pots syndrome and explained what it was there was a lot more sympathy and empathy compared to when i used to say that i had chronic fatigue syndrome and uh, it's a shame that people um haven't really embraced the severity of how chronic fatigue syndrome can affect people it's a it's a life changing condition and i don't think that's really appreciated unfortunately
1: I think it really frustrates me how people are so judgmental about certain things. And I guess it comes back to that, you know, this week is um, Invisible Illness, Invisible Disabilities Week. And I think that speaks volumes. The fact that things are like, and the conversations on the podcast that you're running and stuff, it's so important to kind of break down those barriers because just because you can't see something or like you say, you hear the word fatigue, but actually, you know, I have a collection of illnesses that all make me exhausted so for me when someone says they're tired that's probably me on a good day (laughs) you know if I actually say that I'm tired it means I am absolutely exhausted um and it's things like napping people go why don't you have a nap and it's like no because that can actually make me a million times worse and I don't wake up in the morning thinking oh I feel so refreshed now because I've had a good night's sleep far from it you know it's such a difficult one to balance in terms of the right amount of sleep you need or like people in the past have said exercise exercise is a great thing it might be for some and a lot of people it can help but again it's all about those right types of exercise that can help you in terms of like your health and your illnesses not everything works for everybody
0: No, absolutely. And I think anyone who's got a chronic illness will have tried so many things that they know what works and what doesn't. And uh, often the the suggestions would would make somebody's health worse. So it's uh, yeah, it's absolutely it's important that people do really try and understand what it's like to live with a chronic illness and or an invisible disability. And hopefully with it being Invisible Disability Week, that people will start to understand that a bit more. We can try it, can't
1: we? <laughs> it's a bit like you know. I ha- and I think as well when you have an amalgamation of different illnesses. I don't know about you, but for me, it's really hard when you're feeling a certain way. And I'm going back and forth to the doctors, and I'm having various tests, and I was referred to the specialist about my thyroid. But then is that linked to the perimenopause? And is this triggering this? And actually, I'm getting really bad pains in my lower back. Is so that my kidneys? Is that something else? And you don't actually know what whether this is something that you have to keep pursuing because you know all your life you've had to fight for diagnosis after diagnosis after diagnosis, or whether it's just nothing. And actually it's just it's just a bug, right? Because yes. it's a bit like me getting a cough or cult. Um, I spoke to a client the other week and they said to me, Oh, you sure it's not COVID? And that's the problem, you know, it's you just don't know about anything no. with your illnesses when you have so many as to what the trigger is and whether it's a symptom of this, is it a symptom of that? Is my hair full no Is that my thyroid? Is that this? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's completely, um all, all exor- it's quite exhausting, isn't it? It's trying to work it all out and fit it together. And yeah. you do get a diagnosis, but then you're like, what's the cause of that diagnosis? Do I need to try and have some more tests to work all that out? So it can be all encompassing. And I don't know about you, but I find that if I, and um, going through a phase where I am having lots of hospital and doctors appointments, that it affects my emotional state more as well. I think when I'm not dealing with doctors or hospitals, I te- tend to just get on with it and not overthink about my illness. But once I've got to start focusing on my symptoms, it it affects me on a on a more daily basis as well because my mind is now thinking about the illness a lot more than I I would do normally. I tend to just get on with it. I think.
1: I think it's hard though when you have like for me my doctor's really good in the fact that he will refer me but at the same time he will say so what do you want to do about it well this is why I've come to you <laughs> not the medical professional
0: <laughs> no no but I think often we are the experts in our conditions because Absolutely. we we've had to we've had to become um experts in okay. in what what the condition involves and and sort of advocates for ourselves as well so we do often end up knowing a lot more about it than we possibly want to
1: no completely
0: (laughs) and you mentioned that you were working um, when you first had your illnesses did you've now become self-employed was your illness anything to do with becoming self-employed or do you think you might have done that anyway
1: Um, So I knew that I was ready for a new challenge. I was feeling really frustrated. I'd worked for a company for five years and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I was just so keen to do something different. I didn't really think about the reasons why I was looking to go self-employed. I think as to what benefit that could be in terms of my health. Now, because I've been self-employed for over six years, um when I think back to it and I look at how I structure my days and my times and I'm then reminded that actually this is so much more beneficial for my health and I should have well I I was going to say I should have considered that when I first thought about it but it just that wasn't the reason you know that wasn't the instigator it was more a case of I needed to do something different and I didn't know what that
0: looked like but in the realities
1: it kind of all worked out for the best
0: Amazing it's it's great when things like that happen when it's an accidental benefit yeah. that that always works amazingly.
1: <laughs> I think I- re- sorry I was going to say I think in reality I should have probably realized like I'd done a little bit more for I think because at the time I'd also gone through multiple miscarriages and all sorts of stuff so I just and my dad had died and there was all this kind of stuff going on that I just needed to change something and so that was more so the driver um but then quite and then um I had my son uh like later that year after handing him my notice so it's almost felt like everything kind of happened for a reason if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely and sorry you went through all of that it sounds like a difficult time but it sounds like you you instinctively went for what was best for you and your circumstances at the time and even if it wasn't a um A thought out process in terms of how it would reflect on your health it seems like you instinctively knew that this was what you needed to do and and it's obviously worked out for the best as well
1: a hundred percent a hundred percent and I do also sometimes wonder if various things with the different health issues I've got also played a role in terms of how my body reacts to stuff so when I had um my miscarriages my body also went into um not shut down as in a terrible way but just I ended up with infections most of the time and when I had my kidney stones blasted my body went into shock and I think it's what's becoming more and more apparent to me is that my body always seems to go into a shock mode when something's going on and it doesn't know what's happening so um, same with like when there was the COVID vaccines and stuff my body went into shock after I'd had them and it's I'd love to know one day if someone could just do like a test on me to go right this is what causes this and this is why your body then responds and reacts in different ways um because there's always weird and wonderful things that go on with my health that are unexplainable
0: yeah it would be amazing wouldn't it to get all the answers and just understand almost like I said a level why the body reacts the way it does absolutely fascinating and please would you tell us a little bit more about about your business um and I'd love to hear about how you manage it with your health conditions as well
1: yeah so my business has evolved massively over the past six plus years um but effectively I think I've always felt really passionate about making a difference um and so there's different parts to my business as as mentioned earlier um such as the like strategy side of things mentoring the community called inclusion Um, so the community is actually for like-minded people that you don't have to have an illness you don't have to be neurodiverse you don't have to be so parenting, but basically somewhere where I feel that you don't have to conform to the norm um, which whenever I've spoken or joined other communities or I've looked at working with people before there's always this very much uh, your life fits into this box. Well, actually, in the real world, life isn't like that. Um, And so that's what drove me to want to create a community which basically embraces our quirks, whatever that might look like, and being proud to kind of embrace those quirks. Um, And then I work with business owners to help them to get basically from where they are right now to where they want to be. But I take a very much a holistic view of that. so. It's not just all work. It's about looking at their mindset of, okay, well, how does that feed into their day-to-day world, like their life um, outside of work? Because I think this derives from my own personal journey of managing my health conditions um, and how I'm able to function. So I feel that a lot of people just purely look at their life and their work, their career, their business in Isolation, whereas I like to connect the dots um, because it makes a massive difference.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think, especially, especially a business, I think, compared to being employed by somebody else, it's not something you just put down at the end of the day. Because if you're excited about your business, you're going to be thinking about it. So it is about how to make it all fit together nicely and and then allow your life to feed into your business as well. It's, it's it's true. It's not we talk a lot about work-life balance, but it's just having a balance in all your life rather than just work and life. It's everything, isn't it?
1: It is, it is. And I think it comes back to that, you know, that some of the CBT exercises that I did as to how do you look at your life? Like, when do you have more energy? When do you feel more creative? When do you feel more like you just need to be doing those tasks or or working on a project that's going to actually fill you up with excitement? And what, how do you do that? How do you implement it? Like, what's your starting point? And just having someone that has got that mixture of being creative strategic analytical and pragmatic can make such a massive difference Um, and I think again it comes back to having those life experiences that give you those eyes that other people might not see the world in
0: definitely yeah and I, I had a very similar journey to you actually in terms of why I set up my community and it's because I think a lot of the communities out there are very very set in a this is how you should do things and yet, yeah. if you have anything else going on in your life, you just can't do all the things that people say you should be doing. And it, it just doesn't work for everybody. So it's great to have some someone looking at things in a different different light and shining a light on, on as you say, the quirks and the differences, which make us all even better at doing our business, in fact.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it isn't about one size fits all. And that always really frustrates me when that's kind of like that. um cookie cutter approach because yeah. we're all individuals and even if you're working with groups or something like that there are still individuals within those groups that have different needs and need to be supported or learn in a different way and it's embracing that
0: very much so i t- totally agree with that it's so uh, brilliant <laughs> and, and with regards to your health condition do you have to make any particular adjustments when you're running your business to to take that into account
1: um, so, my setup is that I try not to work before 10 o'clock, so, or officially work till 10 o'clock. So, I'll do stuff in the mornings, I'll take um, my little dude to his breakfast club, then I'll come home, and I kind of take it slowly, so I might do a little bit of exercise at home, and then I just kind of gradually take my time, gradually get a shower, um, and maybe do some social media on my phone and stuff, but... That time from dropping him off at half seven to me starting at 10, which sounds like a massive gap, is a mixture of me working on my business, but also just me taking it easy, because then I notice my energy levels are completely different, um, versus if I was to kind of start working at X amount of time. um, And then the way that I structure my day, I try not to have too many calls in a day, because I know that that can really drain my energy levels. and I'll also like stop working at a certain time. And the way that I set things up or the way that I do things throughout the day or the evenings, is just very different, I guess, because I'm very conscious of my energy level. Um, and also with being per- perimenopausal, like hormones and migraines and all that fun stuff that goes with it
0: yeah and that's that's great you really understood your energy levels and and have applied your business around that i think it's something that quite a lot of people don't necessarily consider but it can make a huge difference because if you're working at your optimal energy levels then your your work is going to be done quicker to a better standard and as you say you don't start work till 10 but you probably if you'd start at nine you probably achieve less in a day than if you start at 10 um because taking all that into account i think
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, you know, like I will often be at my desk at half past nine, but I do stuff in my business as opposed to kind of thinking, right, okay, I wouldn't have calls at half nine. It's very rare that I do. I also don't usually work on Fridays and that's also to manage my energy levels because, um, on the weekends when I'm taking care of my son, I need my energy levels to be up there. And because he's autistic and he's got his own challenges, um, it's about managing everything and, and it's a fine line, but it's something, most of the time I get right, but then occasionally, you know, stuff just hits you by like a bus and you can't predict it, such as being woken up like last night at 1am.
0: Oh, that's painful.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and, and if you have a bad health day, for example, if you've got a migraine or you've had no sleep, how do you adapt your business to take that into account?
1: Um I so when I work with clients unless I well I have like regular calls um and regular events that I do but I find that I structure them, schedule them in a way that I know that when I come off of them with people I work with, they kind of boost me up. So last week I had a call in my community and I wasn't feeling the greatest. Um last week was just a typical was not the greatest of weeks because it was the anniversary of my dad's death and that brought back painful memories and all sorts. So I was like, oh, feeling really, really crappy and I had the call and it was just exactly what I needed because it filled a bit of energy. It made me feel really excited. And I think that's the key. I think when you're working for yourself and you're looking at the type of clients that you work with and the type of um, offers, it's about building that kind of joy within yourself and so even if you're having a bad day, you know that you can go on and have a call or you can complete a piece of work or whatever might might look like. And actually, you're going to be OK doing it. And I think it helps as well that my clients understand and they know what I've got going on in my life. They know I've got health issues. They know that what my little dude's like. Um, they know the challenges I'm facing. So they're all really supportive. And I think that's key.
0: Oh, definitely. I think surrounding yourself with the right sort of clients and who understand what you're going through def- definitely makes a difference. And I-, I love what you're saying about how you can get energy out of out of working sometimes. I, I definitely agree with that as well, because um, some days you just feel very heavy and it's difficult to get going. But having a-, a choice conversation with somebody can just give you that boost that you need to to get going. I think there's a tendency sometimes to feel that you just need to retreat and hibernate almost. But actually, sometimes the opposite can yeah. help. So and I think uh... that's it.
1: I think when you have that transparency and you're quite open, you know, it can feel daunting to kind of share your life story. But I think because I'm quite open anyway on social media about stuff that I'm facing, I think that makes a difference. Um, I think if I were to be having calls with people that didn't understand me and had very different values from me, I think those calls would feel much tougher. Whereas when you're talking to people that understand you and know that, you know, that's not the norm if you are having a bad day or if you go, I'm really sorry, but I've got the world's worst migraine. I'm going to try and do this. But actually, it's going to make no sense. I remember I once had a um like a virtual cup with somebody and I would had a migraine or the early starts with migraine. And the next day I thought, I don't actually know what that conversation was about. (laughs) (laughs) You you just go off, like your brain's not thinking properly. Um, But I think, like, you know, I messaged the following day and I was like, I'm so sorry. I couldn't actually tell you what i really discussed. I knew, knew, but I knew that I also wasn't making sense because of how the migraine was just affecting me.
0: Yes. Yeah. Migraines are the worst, aren't they, for that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you say you've been running your business for six years what would you say are the most important lessons you've learned along your journey
1: um I would say boundaries so I know it sounds so obvious um but it's knowing what works for you so for me I'm again very transparent with someone to work with me about the hours I work the days I work um because They're pretty much non-negotiables for me. Um, Yes, occasionally I might get a client that said to me, Louisa, um, is there any chance you could do this or we could do this on a Friday? And it depends on what's going on. And sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. But there isn't that expectation there because they know what my boundaries are. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel that sometimes as business owners, people feel obliged to say yes, when actually they should be saying no. Um, because they, it's almost that fear of, oh, well, what are they going to think <laughs> when the reality is you've got that respect there and it comes back to being t- transparent and talking about stuff, um, not in a way so it's become self-centered, but just to give that awareness so that people know what's going on.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think I think boundaries um, are something that should be considered from the very beginning. As you say, being transparent about your boundaries and letting people know what to expect. Yeah. Makes you look professional and it also means that people know how to deal with you. And I think that will just boost your health and improve your business and what you feel about your business as well. So that's a really great recommendation.
1: I um, think having setting and managing expectations is so key. Like the way that you communicate them. And also, I feel that there's often a tendency and, you know, I definitely did this in the early days of you get receive an email and you want to reply immediately. But then that becomes an expectation. So, yes, you may want to seem like the most efficient person in the world because you're responding there and then. But actually, the reality is, and this can be the same for your career, that someone just wants to get it off of their plate and off of their head, like out of their head. And they don't necessarily want a response there and then. It's just they want to shift it from them onto you. And it's recognising that and saying, OK, do I really need to respond now? Could I respond in an hour's time? You know, what are those expectations that you have in place?
0: Yeah, Because once somebody gets that, ex- that that expectation that you are going to respond immediately, if your business starts to grow or if you do have a bad health, then you're not going to be able to do that. So exactly. to resist responding straight away can can actually be very beneficial can't it and it also makes it feel as if you're not just available all the time that you have got other work that you're doing which in terms of how people uh, perceive you can be a positive thing as well
1: 100
0: 100 and um, if someone is listening and they're thinking about setting up a business maybe they've got a chronic illness do you have a piece of advice that you would you would give them
1: i would say that think about why you're doing it um, which sounds obvious but like what is your purpose like why do you want to work for yourself because working for yourself okay yes I have boundaries in place but I still work a lot of hours you know and is it the best thing for you because sometimes I feel that it can feel like the grass is greener but the reality isn't quite living up to that expectation because you have got to put a lot of work into to attract clients and all the rest of it and um, so my advice would be to really know why you're wanting to do that. Once you know what why you're doing it, is to decide, okay, what is it you're going to do? Why, again, it comes back to that. Why are you going to do that? Is it because you feel you should be doing that? Or is it because it's something that's actually going to really energize you, you feel passionate about it? Because the people that I've worked with over the years, There's been almost two different camps of people. You've got those that are offering products and services because they feel they should. And actually, they don't enjoy it, which begs the question, well, why are you doing that? Because if it feels like a chore, that's going to not help your health. If you're offering product service that brings you joy, you feel excited and passionate about, the way that makes you feel is going to be completely different from the experience of doing it because you should be doing it
0: it's fantastic advice and I think I'd just say as well that uh, I think that can change as well can't it you might start doing something you love and then and then change it you sort of lose that love but you can then adapt to that as well just sort of keeping keeping in tune with what how you're feeling about your business can be really interesting
1: yeah for sure and you've got to kind of pay attention you've got to look at what's working and what isn't and kind of mm. that's an ever-evolving situation you know yes. I'm con- I'm in the process of working behind the scenes on something that I used to offer and I stopped during COVID time because there was too much going on in my world. My health really wasn't great and I just need to stop it. But I'm planning to bring it back because actually Headspace and everything else and the market and stuff is a very different place than it was two, three years ago. So there is nothing wrong. You can have strategies, you can have plans, you can have ideas, but they don't necessarily have to be set in stone. So don't be afraid to take risks. Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't, but actually, even if they don't pay off, you will learn, and you might come up with something that's a million times better than what your original idea was.
0: very much so, and it's it's that's a brilliant thing about being a business owner, isn't it? It's the yeah. evolving status of it and uh what you can learn along the way. so I do love that and then um, I just have to know if you think there are any improvements that we as a society could make towards people who are living with a chronic illness
1: don't be judgmental (laughs) um that's really hard isn't it I think it comes back to that whole when you have got a chronic illness and it's not visible um I was having a conversation with someone not that long ago I can't remember how it came about and they said something like yeah but you can see there's nothing wrong but I'm like yeah but that's like saying there's nothing wrong for me either and just because you can't see something don't assume that there's nothing wrong Have a conversation. If you don't understand something, ask somebody. You know, I would rather someone say to me, Louisa, so you've got these health conditions. What is it like for you? Like, what's a day in your world look like? How are you managing your health? Rather than presumptions being made of, oh, she's just tired. Oh, she's just complaining, which I don't do. But it's being open-minded as opposed to just, making assumptions constantly
0: absolutely that's a, a brilliant uh a brilliant thing that would change the world completely I think if people were very open-minded about what other people are experiencing
1: yeah for sure
0: fantastic well thank you so much um, I've just got two final questions for you which I ask all of my guests and um, the first one is who inspires you
1: do you know what? I actually don't have one person that inspires me instead I get inspired by lots hearing lots of people's stories. So... I'm inspired by people like normal people that are um, facing adversities in different ways, but they're pushing themselves and they're achieving their goals and their dreams and they're not letting stuff hold them back. So just because, and I say that lightly just because, but just because they've got an illness or they've got um, whatever going on in their life, that's not going to stop them from progressing. They're going to move forward and that's going to push them further on.
0: Brilliant. And final question is, do you have a book or a podcast that you would like to recommend?
1: Uh, I will recommend uh, John Asperian's content DNA book. Um, so he wrote that, oh gosh, I think it went out in 2020. He was writing it for years, so I know him. Um but it's a really good resource for anyone that kind of want to get to their head around um, like tone of voice, um uh, copywriting, things to consider for like a tagline, for example, um, how making sure that you're consistent in your uh, all your copy, whether that be your website, your social media, et cetera. Um, there's a lot of really good kind of simple, easy to read advice and ideas for you.
0: Well, could you tell me what his name was again?
1: John Esperian.
0: Just brilliant. So we're looking him up. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Louisa. Would you please tell the listeners where they can find you?
1: Of course. Um, so you'll find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so if you search Louise Van Bessem, um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, under Ingenious Corner. And my website is ingeniouscorner.com.
0: Amazing and I'll post all those details on the show notes as well. So thank you very much for joining us today and um have a good week, sweetie soon.
1: Thank you so much for asking me, it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a chronic illness and either run a business or want to, then come and join our free and friendly Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Against the Odds. To Sign up to my newsletter or to learn more about how my business mentoring services can help you grow your business and make it work better with your health. Check out my website at www.excelagainsttheodds.co.uk. Have a great week.